All right, Buzz Buzz babies, welcome back to Blake's Buzz. Uh, this week, we are talking to two awesome creatives, uh, Sean Daly and Easton DiVerna. And these guys, uh, I found out about them anyway from the absolutely excellent Samurai Grandpa. Uh, and then I keep reading more stuff by them, and it keeps getting better and better. It's insane. I don't know how these guys do it. Hopefully, we find out a little bit uh, during the show. Uh, guys, thanks again for coming on. Um, how's your night going? How's your day going? What What's up with you guys? Thank you. Uh, thanks for having us on, Blake. Um, day's, day's going pretty good. The night's going good. We just got the, uh, the little one down for bed. Uh, about a half hour ago so switching gears to uh to, to uh nighttime comics mode over here things are good though yeah i'm in uh just about the same boat just except for the putting the kid to sleep thing uh <laughs> just actually got off uh, another podcast so took a moment to catch my breath and now um just happy to be here chatting comics. Oh man, sorry to make you do the double work. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. I wouldn't do it if I could. I didn't. It's, it's awesome. So, Easton, do you live on a farm? I don't live on a farm, uh, <laughs> but uh, we have um, we we're, we are on about an acre of land. Okay. So we, I'm doing my best to uh, to really make good use of that space in the backyard for for gardening, which I love to do. I spent probably an hour out there this afternoon just um, going going to town with neem oil against some some aphids that were plaguing my cucumbers. So I just I had to had to lay down the law with them. They had to move on, move on out. <laughs> you you always post these like insanely like beautiful pictures that I see, and you're just like always in nature, and you have this really awesome garden, and you're like hanging out by these creeks and streams, and I'm just like, where does this guy live? <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way, honestly. Just seeing all those uh, amazing photos, and like I'm a bug guy. I I wish I could just hang out in a garden all day, just seeing like what you've got uh, one day one day when you get down here we'll spend the whole day making comics and the, the next one just living in the garden and, and in the creek and you'll find tons and tons of bugs i promise <laughs> that's all i want that's it's all like I want. we're gonna make comics and we're gonna hang out in the garden i'm gonna put you to work <laughs> <laughs> even that's yeah. fine that doesn't sound bad at all all right so what brought us here was was samurai grandpa that was my first uh source point press book that i ever read like samurai grandpa that sounds rad and then i looked it up and i was like i you know like they say don't judge a book by its cover you know and I liked the cover and, and the art. I kind of like looked at some preview pages and and I was I really thought it was going to be uh, funny. So wrong. It's got a, some humor in it, but it's so wonderfully dramatic and emotional. It really re it really plucked my heartstrings. And and then after that, I was like sold on Source Point Press. I was like, I gotta give these guys all my money. What I'm finding out about you guys is is you're both really talented world builders and you seem to really kind of excel in this in this fantasy genre are you guys thinking about like branching out ever or, or like do you kind of is that like home is that do you want to like stay where where the home is or like behind the castle walls in a sense <laughs> what do you think sean well uh, i think that we're both cut from the same cloth when it comes to storytelling mm -hmm. and we both have very similar interests that we we've grown up with and that we we put into the stories that we're telling. I if I had to guess, Easton, I would say that both of us would be comfortable venturing out into, you know, other genres and other, you know, non-fantasy type storytelling settings and characters and stuff. But I think that we both just love the fantasy thing and we love creating our own worlds and jumping into stuff like that. So 
to me, I think that's, that's where I see my own work going anyways. I don't know mm-hmm. what, how you feel about these. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree hundred uh, percent. And yeah, we do have very, very similar taste and storytelling sensibilities, I think. And as far as fantasy goes, that's, that's always been like my, my favorite thing. I mean, I grew up on reading the red wall books um, and then, you know, Lord of the Rings and then song of ice and fire wheel of time, you know, Dragonlance, all that kind of stuff. And I've just always had a soft place uh, for fantasy, whether it's high fantasy or, you know, you kind of get into different sort of subgenres of it. And I would definitely classify Summer Grandpa as a fantasy story, but uh, it's definitely where I feel most comfortable and have the most fun writing and creating these worlds. I do some post-apocalyptic stuff too. I wrote a ton of sort of literary fiction when I was doing my MFA and probably half of it was really pretty bad, but I just have the most fun fun in this world. I haven't really ventured into sci-fi. It's something I'm maybe a little intimidated by, probably because I don't consume that much of it, but I feel like it would probably be fun one day just to take a stab at it. I don't know when that will be, but you know, we'll see. But yeah, definitely, definitely love and feel comfortable in the fantasy realm. I mean, you're, you're both really proficient in it. So I'm just now getting into fantasy i've always liked lord of the rings and stuff like that and and like fantasy movies and like uh, conan uh Mm -hmm. reading it is new to me and i'm starting to like really especially in the comic book scene like i'm really starting to dig this fantasy uh fiction in in the graphic medium and it's it's books like your guys is that like open my mind because i i am really into like horror and sci-fi you know good horror and good sci-fi is just like any other you know good literature it's it's got to play to your emotions and you guys are Mm -hmm. really good at like playing to your audience's emotions well i'll talk about it later but sean fucking made me i'm bawling this morning before work reading bridge builders (laughs) creed i was like i was like guys monday oh this is like the 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 chapter well like i said we'll get to that later but anyways that's how like my day started isn't it so amazing oh my god he sent me that in the early stages once he had wrapped it up and i remember flying through it in one sitting i had the same emotional reaction you did and i just wrote to him and i was like this is easily in like one of my top five favorite books like of all time now like sean just made a book and was like here he's in here's a new favorite book for you <laughs> uh, it's just so good i loved it yeah it was it was funny when he was when he was posting stuff about it uh, i uh, for a moment i thought you guys were working on samurai grandpa too and then i found out that it was bridge builders creed and it was like totally different so i didn't even really know what i was getting into you know and and when i got it and started reading it man it was it was intense and it was it but it was just like a guardian or or um samurai grandpa it's just like you guys reach out through the panels and you you grab the audience's heart and you just hold it and sometimes you squeeze a little tighter than you should and it like makes makes me tear up that's how that's like talented storytelling and it's it's just i i don't know man i'm i'm still not used to like being emotionally manipulated like that when reading yeah, and it's, a, think, it's a good thing we, it's not a bad we have thing. we have to do that like that's our job our job isn't just to design characters and to write words on a page it's to grab it's to do what you just said is to grab your heart and like squeeze it a little bit but not too hard just enough so that you know uh, a couple of tears come out maybe <laughs> but you know that that's kind of that's our job as storytellers and I'm glad that both Easton and I share kind of that that same uh, desire to do that. There are a lot of comics out there that, you know, that that's not what 
why they're made. That's not what they're made to do. And that's totally fine. I love just reading straight humor comics. Uh, I love uh, reading just, you know, comics that just make you think a little bit, but the two of us, I think we kind of grew up on emotional storytelling. That's, that's what we want to do. That's our job. You know, because you guys are these, you're very, uh, your stories are very emotional and gripping. Where does that inspiration come from? Like what creatives do you guys like, uh, whether it be like uh, movies, prose, comics, like what got in your chest to make you want to tell these kinds of prolific fantasy stories? So I have quite, quite the list. Uh, do you want to go first, Sean, or, or should, should I? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll jump in. Um, so I grew up with, a, like, I play a lot of video games, and I have since I was, like, in kindergarten. And I'll never forget playing Metal Gear Solid 3 for the first time and finishing the story. And it has a very fantastic twist and a lovely, heartbreaking, emotional ending. And that was the first time that I can recall uh, a piece of um, art, I guess, just like crushing me. And then I know that this gets a lot of flack. The story that Lost told, actually, I, I really enjoyed it. I know a lot of people thought it falls apart at the end, and it does technically. But emotionally, I think it still hits the right beats. Uh, and that, uh, that got it. Uh, that hit my heart heavy as well. Um, as far as comics, reading guys like Jeff Lemire, like he's to me, he's like the master of emotional storytelling. So try and pick up everything that he does, not only to experience it, but to learn from it. Akira Toriyama is another huge influence on me, the creator of Dragon Ball. I uh, just finished a reread of all like 47 volumes of the manga, and it's it holds up so well, just his art style and his storytelling. Uh, to me, they're just flawless. Um, yeah, I, I can't recommend all of those things enough. What about you, Easton? There was a video game that really, really struck me and made me so attached to the characters. I cared about them so much. Um, but when everything started falling apart for them in the end, it was like, I felt like I was like, you know, feeling for my friends. Um, and that was Xenogears on PlayStation 1. And that had an incredible twist as well. But I think I remember like that was the first time I really kind of like stopped playing and started thinking about like what was happening. Like, why was I feeling this way from this from this game that, you know, I was like, oh, this is a game about, you know, giant robots and whatever. But it, it's like so, so much more than that. But that really, I think, got me started on that path. And then I don't know, like I remember even just being in, in high school and reading, you know, the books that I, that I had to read like Beowulf or, you know, Lord of the Flies and, you know, whatever else we had to read. It just, it just kind of kept, kept the, the wheels going uh, for me. And then when I got to college, I started really trying to write more. I had always kind of dabbled in it, but I never really did much. And then I started, I was taking a short story class in undergrad. And I remember reading The Open Boat by Stephen Crane, who now is probably my favorite writer of all time. And that is probably like a 20 to 30 page short story about uh, a group of men who survived a sinking ship. And now they're just on this open boat in the ocean trying to survive. Um, and just the way that he writes emotion and the detail that he gets into, into the, the characters and into their, their heads and what they want and what they, their dreams are. And, you know, all of the horrible things going wrong around them. I just remember like it was doing the same thing to me, like squeezing my heart. I read that story all the time. He's the same guy who wrote Red Badge of Courage, which is also really great. And he does phenomenal work in that too. 
but yeah, so that's sort of like, like on, on the traditional line growing up. And then I was doing my MFA actually. And I was taking, instead of taking another short story writing course, there was one called the graphic novel and it was taught by Scott Snyder. So I went into that class and reading American Vampire, Sweet Tooth. Those were the books that got me back into comics and the things that they were able to do in their storytelling. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I started really studying the craft of sequential art and, you know, comics pacing or serialization and things like that. And yeah, so, you know, Lemire is a big influence as well as, as Scott and uh, just you know, the list, I can keep going all night long. I can go over my bookshelf and pull, pull down all the people who influenced me. But yeah, that's, that's the short of it. I mean, it's just, there are so many good things, you know, you know how it feels when you find something that, you know, you're not just like, you don't read it. Okay. Put it down and never think about it again. When you stop what you're doing and start thinking about how is this happening? Why am I like so emotionally invested right now in these, in this fake world of this, this fictional characters um, you know, you can tell when it's happening. It's funny you mentioned your MFA because uh, so in my MFA, my thesis advisor would give me like relentless shit when I was like, <laughs> I want to write a comic book. And he was like, really, you want to write a comic book? You know, and I was like, so it, it kind of like, like that messed me that up. Is, oh, my God. I can't tell you. So I was taking one one class that was writing the novel and I was writing a genre fiction novel. Um, it was like a, it was like a blend between our world and a fantasy world. And, you know, the worlds were colliding and mixing and things. And my teacher told me to scrap the whole thing because there was no future in writing fantasy. Uh, there was no merit in it. And I was just like, are you kidding me? This is how you encourage students. You know, I, I'm like this young eager writer trying, trying to get paying money to get my master's. And they were just telling me to scrap it. But I had that experience. However, uh, the director of the MFA saw that I wanted to write um, comics coming out of Scott's class, and she encouraged me to do that. And so I wrote my thesis. Uh, it was a graphic novel script. So luckily, there, oh, there cool. were good things about it, too. But I completely <laughs> know, know <laughs> the, the barrage of shit that you, that you would get in, in there from some teachers. It's crazy. Yeah. The weird like stigma and, and pompousness of genre fiction ah. like it's finally starting to go away i think because you know like horror is horror is huge science science fiction is is big i mean it's look the at the market who's going out there looking for literary novels like i mean i like them i'm not knocking them but look at what people are are consuming you know and reading these days yeah. follow the money it, it definitely like yeah <laughs> I think romance is still gonna is always the like top selling, but yeah, it's. Mm -hmm. I mean, genre genre fiction sells, and I mean, I guess it's harder to stick out because there's so much of it now. Yeah, and I think I think there's there's a problem, there's a disconnect too, where where it does get labeled as genre fiction. Oh, like you can't you can't feel you you can't learn about the world reading this, which is completely untrue. You can find books, you know, made in some made up fantasy universe where you feel more connected and you come away learning more about yourself and about others in life than you would reading a pompous literary novel about an alcoholic guy and uh you know whose whose life is falling apart and he's left his his wife or whatever whatever kind of despair you know they want to throw at you i just feel like you know it's 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 not good to pigeonhole 
genres like that. I feel like there's you 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 yeah. you lose too much if you do that. It's like it's like Mark Wahlberg, you know. He's like, I'm a peacock, and you got to let me fly, <laughs> you know. Like, and then Sean, I really like that that you brought up Metal Gear because for one, like Hideo Kojima and Metal Gear is like like that was like my youth, man. Like I remember <laughs> I remember PlayStation One and the first Metal Gear. Uh, I remember the second Metal Gear and like the heartbreak of like, why don't I get to be Snake? And then I remember the third. I'll never forget like when you when you fight boss like in the yeah. in the field of poppies and stuff and like how beautiful that was. And I mean, yeah, at that time, yeah. the graphics like we'd never seen anything like that, too. You know, and no, just, like absolutely not. What what Kojima was doing with games, I think even like since Metal Gear one. Uh, Cause he would, he would stretch any, everything that games could do. He would like take, take that to its limits and not just visually, like you mentioned, but even, uh, even in the fight with Cyclomantis where he's reading your memory card and yeah. telling you what games you've played, making the controllers vibrate. And the only way to beat him is to take the controller out of the first port and plug it into the second <laughs> one. Wild stuff. Like I, I, even looking back on it, it's like, man, he, uh, he he understood games so well that he was able to like break all the rules and do all kinds of you know weird innovative stuff with them and that mindset to me has kind of transferred into the stuff that I do with music and comics it's like I want to learn the ins and outs so well that you can really like warp things and do very strange stuff with the mediums and uh, you know that's to me personally that's something I want to experiment more on and it's because of guys like Kojima putting out amazing games like Metal Gear. For me, probably the Final Fantasy VII. I'll always remember like when I just like crumbled emotionally when Aerith died. And like, <laughs> and and for me, like, you know, grade school, me, I was like, first of all, I'm not used to like crying about stuff. But second, it's just like a video game never made me feel like that ever. Like, you know, I was like, we played Mortal Kombat and ripped people's heads off. Like, I never... <laughs> got to like know and fall in love with these characters like that was a totally new wild experience yeah absolutely yeah yeah we we grew up in a pretty good era of video games i think like, yeah quite quite fortunate with that <laughs> i still think it's every now and then you know because the cutscenes and games and how like you'd be you know watching it on this non-hd tv or like i remember playing like n64 goldeneye with me and four friends or me and three <laughs> friends in a basement on like a 10 inch tv <laughs> like oh, yeah, you're like I having to squint and and just like where we're at now but yeah it's it's i i dig the like cinematic approach to like video games and stuff now but it's it's cool because I've, I've talked to a few writers now and not not many people are like uh definitely no one's brought up kojima so that's awesome like i was like <laughs> i was like yeah so these are my kind of nerds like that's awesome well based on you know what you were saying earlier about how on social media you can just connect with people and say, hey, like, I want to, you know, or would you be open to chat or anything? Uh, I know that like social media gets a lot of, a lot of flack, a lot of it deservedly, but I love that it's never been easier to connect with people. That's what I used to do when I was uh, kind of getting into drawing and stuff. I would just message some of my favorite artists on Twitter and say, hey, I have a question about some materials. Would you mind maybe like if I could pick your brain for, you know, just a moment? Everyone was so nice and just like, yeah, here's what I'm using. Here's why I chose it and stuff like that. Yeah, it was awesome. How did um, how'd you guys meet? Like, how'd you come together? Man, good question. Uh, you know what? It was when I released Terraquil. I released my first self-published book. <laughs> He'll have to confirm this when he's back. But I think I released my first self-published book, Terraquil, 
and he ended up checking it out. Uh, oh, you know what it was? Is I released all of the stories in Terracool online for free. That was kind of my foray into comics was I'm going to put them out into the world for free. And he ended up reading them and liked them. So he messaged me and he said, uh, Samurai Grandpa. I was like, what the hell is that? He said, this is a, uh, here's something I'd like to do with you. And I was like, all right, this, like you had me at Samurai Grandpa. It's, that's, the, the name itself sold the book for me. So yeah, that's a great title. <laughs> yeah. His, uh, he'll have to tell you the story of how that came across. It's pretty cool. Um, or how that came up. That was all him. Like Easton, just like he slayed that script when he sent me, like, I don't usually read scripts when I, I get, I usually read like half, uh, like, sorry, half of the script when somebody sends me one just to get an idea of the writing styles and stuff like that. But I actually find it's more fun when I'm drawing a script to not know where it's going. And so I'm experiencing the story as I'm drawing it the emotions that I'm feeling while I'm reading the script are put right into the page. There's no reading the script, processing everything and waiting. It's just, uh, it's the way that I like to draw. But when he sent Samurai Grandpa, I just read the whole thing. I was like, Oh man. No, like you uh, couldn't stop. That's cool. I couldn't stop reading it. Yeah. It was amazing. And man, he offered me so much freedom when I was drawing that, that book. He was just like, look, if there's stuff that, you think needs to be changed, you change it, etc. Not that I changed much at all. Like it was just so solid. But yeah, I, oh, I, I wish he was here so we could talk about it. But, uh. <laughs> As an artist, like, do you prefer uh, like a, a tight script or? Um, I mean, would would you would you rather have a have a script that like lets you play around, or or do you prefer like more direction? I love scripts that just let me do my own thing. Scripts that just, uh, I mean, some some scripts that I've worked with, uh, it'll say like page one, panel one, uh, here's what's happening, but it won't say how it's happening or what camera angles need to be used. It's just, here's what is happening right now. And then I get to figure out, you know, what kind, kind of shots to be using and all of that fun technical stuff. So, but I love that. Like, I love figuring all that stuff out. To me, that's half the fun of making comics. Um, I've tried working with scripts that give very specific direction. Uh, and that's fine. I understand why writers uh, like to write like that. It's, it's important to know these things. And it's important for them to sit down and figure out these things when they're writing. I feel like that's where having writing experience comes in a little bit is you know, understanding when to make certain choices uh, as far as like camera shots and character placement and stuff and why, not just because it suits the art, but how to make that suit the story as well. Nice. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I mean, what really blew me away with uh, I mean, Samurai grandpa was, was amazing. And um, you're also like a really awesome letter, like in a garden or a guardian, like you, like you just really kill the lettering. Oh, uh, thank you. That's awesome. I've, I try really hard as a reviewer to like pay more attention to, to lettering and like layouts and, and stuff like that now to, cause I, I mean, I usually like, I would just, you know, 
read things and, and experience them. But, you know, now I'm like, well, I usually read things twice now and then, then write about it and think about it differently. But a guardian, man, your, your lettering in that was just really good. And it's, it, unfortunately with a lot of people, it's like, people don't think about lettering till you come across bad lettering. That's exactly it. And you know, it's the same thing with, uh, I find with so many different parts of the process, uh, especially editors. Editors are like these invisible forces working within comics. And you don't see good editing. You see bad editing. And it's kind of not fair to the editors because they don't, I, to me, like from what I've seen, they, they don't get the same level of treatment as like the writer or the artist or the colorist does. Same thing with letters, for sure. Uh, but I was just, I spent uh, the last couple months working with the, the top shelf editing team for a better place, which is a new book that I have coming out in, I think October. And the editors at top shelf were like mind blowing when they sent the list of, you know, uh, like grammar corrections and uh, just the, the edits list. Uh, I couldn't believe how important some of the stuff was that they were pointing out that I totally missed during like lettering and production and stuff like that. Um, so uh, for, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm super, like, I love that you love the, the lettering and stuff like that, which thank you, by the way, I've never, nobody's ever said, Hey, you, you can actually <laughs> letter. That was like, it's nice to hear. I really personally, I wish editors got the same, you know, uh, the same kudos as, as uh, the other, the, the rest of the team as well, but also letters as well. They're definitely underappreciated. Yeah, I know. I know letter. Or I know editors do a, a ton, just like in regards of like keeping you guys on your deadlines, and I mean, just yeah. dealing yeah. with. I mean, they get like everything, right? Like anything you do, you email them, and then they have to like look it over, then you know, give you thoughts. That would make me nervous. Like being a, being a comics editor, like always sounded really cool, but also I would I would always think like, what if you're like working with these like really talented people, and, like and and you you have to be that asshole who's like, listen, like this isn't really working. Like I feel like that'd be so hard, and that's why I, <laughs> I understand where you're coming from, from that completely. But what I've learned in my short time working in comics is the good editors they they won't come at you in a way that makes you think like oh this is no good or they won't make you question yourself because they're so good at their job that they'll just be so good at showing you how the changes that uh, they're suggesting make things better they'll explain it in such a way where it's like oh i would be stupid not to listen to you you know what i mean like it's yeah. it's they're so good uh, at their job and that's what makes them good editors, obviously, is, is their communication levels are just like off off the wall. They're, they're so good. But yeah, that was a cool experience working with the top shelf editing team. It was neat. Yeah. One, of the, one of the really aggravating things, when I was reading uh, Bridge Builders Creed, I had to stop myself a couple of times because it was like really shocking when I kept thinking about it. I was like, man, like you drew this, you wrote this, you lettered it, like you were... And then you ran your whole Kickstarter by yourself too. Like that's, I mean, when I got into comics, that's what I knew. Like the, the whole reason I got in was because I wanted to tell stories, but it's, it's so expensive to do that with video games and, and movies. And, you know, I was reading a lot of comics at the time and I was like, wait a second, this is like, I'm reading a lot of comics. I'm learning about them. This would be perfect, a perfect medium to try telling stories. Uh, and a lot of it, honestly, for better or worse, had to do with the cost. 
because it's like I could just learn how to do it all myself. I don't have to rent cameras. I just need a pencil and a sheet of paper and I can just redo it or I can just do the whole thing myself. And so when I was figuring out how to make comics, I was figuring out everything, the writing, how to draw, uh, how to letter, how to, you know, format for prints and, and just all of it. So I'm glad I did. Like it was, uh, it paid off. Really things. good at it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you did too. Cause I'm both of your guys' names are like, on my like list to like keep a lookout for and to pick up your books from now on because it's i mean you guys are you guys are batting a thousand with me like you haven't let me down and you've taken me on some like really wild rides um and you're working on so you lettered a guardian you're working on shadows of titans too right you're the yeah as well i am i wish easton was here i don't know what happened my internet just exploded or or zoom (laughs) Zoom decided I was a robot and they ejected me. I don't know. That happens. <laughs> it asked me if I wanted to report you. It was like, do you want to report Easton? I was like, no, I just want to talk to him. Like, chill out, Zoom. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they're like, your zucchinis are too big or your cucumbers. <laughs> they're zucchinis, right? One of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I did get a nice, nice cucumber haul today, though. Too much. It happens every year. I'm like, what am I going to do with all this cucumber and zucchini now? <laughs> By the way, Blake, I really enjoy following your um, your food making like pictures <laughs> and, and recipes. It's like it's like you have this awesome like comics review, you know, or or promotions, and then slash like food blog at the same time going on, <laughs> and and. That egg sandwich you made the other day, I like those mouthwatering. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun. So someone, a couple people for a while told have told me like that I should do like a. People were like, you should do a food and comic blog. But you know, well, you know what I always hear about food blogs is everybody's like, I fucking hate food blogs. I don't want your <laughs> life story. I want to click and see a picture of the food and get directions on how to make the food. And so I was like. Well, that's that kind of defeats the purpose of of having a food blog if you don't write. So I think I'll... I think it could be there could be something cool there though if you did a video one showing what you make and how and then which comic you sit down to read to pair it with afterwards. That could be really neat. Yeah, I, I've seen somebody on Instagram do that with wine and chocolate, where they pair a wine or it's not even wine; it's just an alcoholic beverage with a chocolate, and then base their selection on a comic that they're reading and why. And uh, they actually did that with Samurai Grandpa. They chose a nice chocolate and like a- Yeah. Would have been- Yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. It was super cool. Like, it was really neat. That's a cool idea though. Like creating a recipe or a meal based around- something you're reading that's that's cool I'd, I'd have to really dig deep to see because i make a lot of i make a lot of breakfast sandwiches lately so it's like how many comics can like relate to the breakfast sandwich saga that i have going on but yeah that, that's that would be cool to think about it's uh i it, it's funny i was doing um when i was doing the email interviews for my blog i started doing uh the i called them the blake's bistro interviews and the last question of the interview would be like what's your favorite sandwich and i would like name the sandwich mm-hmm. after the creative and make like a sandwich board post for the blog well that worked twice uh and until uh i interviewed tom payer and 
And I go, what's your favorite sandwich? And he was like, I don't have a favorite sandwich because everybody <laughs> says sandwiches have to have mayo on them and mayo fucking sucks. <laughs> and, I was like, and so it was really funny, but I was like, well, there goes the, the sandwich motif I had going. <laughs> Uh, Christopher uh, Charlton did uh he made a really good turkey sandwich. We talked about black of heart and then uh uh nice uh, uh Marici with uh I I interviewed him about um barbaric that comes out this week and and oh I, yeah that looks really awesome. But yeah. even him, even him, I was like he was like roast beef. I just wanted roast beef sandwich, and I was like, <laughs> all right, like and so I was like, you're not giving me a lot to work with, man. But you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell this rock star vault rider like, can you give me a better sandwich, dude? Like, <laughs> too plain, unacceptable. Next, <laughs> or the the president of Ahoy Comics, like, can you just tell me a sandwich, yeah. man? Um, but yeah, I I, uh, I love I love food and I love comics and and yeah, they they often go together. And it's nice now that I'm reviewing, I read more digitally. Cause like you can't eat and read comics, man. Like if too many <laughs> yeah, bad yeah. things can yeah. happen, but if you're reading on a tablet, you're like, Oh, I, I just wiped that off. Like it's fine. I can, <laughs> yeah. I can get a little pizza grease on the screen and it's not going to break anything. <laughs> yeah. A little may, may I've never killed the tablet. It's all right. <laughs> um, so, so while, while you were in, um, you know, the, the, the ether sphere of, of of the internet unknown we were i I, I, <laughs> I was talking about uh how you guys like met each other like how this how this dynamic duo came to be yes did sean fill you in or is this like prisoner's dilemma i and think I I, um what I, I i think i think we met after i published Terraquil and you i think you read that and you messaged me and you were like hey samurai grandpa and I was like, yeah, whatever that is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the that's the very short story of it. But I, I mean, this was this is like a long time ago, Sean, like back in. I, I feel like uh, I don't know, like when I first started Twitter. God, I can't believe I've been on that hellscape for so long. Um, <laughs> I remember it, it used to be fun. Uh, it used to be like, <laughs> wow, look at these look at these people who like comics and like, you know, positive things and talking about comics and that's all that's all i did on it i was like i just looked at art really cool art that i you know that i loved found a, a couple of people who were reading the same books i was and just kind of connected with them and i think sean was one of those artists that i was just i used to just browse for comic art just to look at it and i was like yeah that's awesome i'd love to read this so he sent me one i read it i loved his style i loved his storytelling and then yeah i think he he so we just kind of got chatting and we both like the same same books and you know video games and things like that anime uh, yeah then he i think he wrote one time that he was wrapping up a project he was open for work i had the samurai grandpa um idea ready to go and you know sean was the first person that i you know his style is how i envisioned it and luckily he uh he said yeah he's in I, so this is the part where I struggle with as like a, a reviewer and like is talking about art. I made a joke on, on Twitter a while ago. I was like, I was like, you guys are about to see that. Like I'm a fraud. Like I'm running out of things to say other than like, this was awesome. Like, <laughs> like I don't have enough words. I love this, the style that Sean has and it, it does work so well with Samurai Grandpa. He, he reminds me of Stan Sakai a lot. It's like reading uh, Usagi and, and, um, 
I mean, and I mean that like, I'm not trying to like suck up or anything. Like that's just how I felt like reading that. I felt like I was reading something that was like very, very influential. And, and, and I mean, I, more people need to know about it. I just, it aggravates me <laughs> that like when I talk about samurai grandpa and some people are like, what? And I'm like, what source point press? And they're like, what's source point press? And I'm like, oh, like, you know, um, but I mean, yeah, I just, the, the style and the, just, you know, the, the time period and the the history, the fantasy, but the, also the, the the fantasy and the, the samurai and the action and embracing of like family and how important that is. It, it was it was really cool. And it just that was 100 percent the right move is to hit Sean up because that's that style. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't I can't imagine anybody else drawing that after reading it. I really can't. We, we, we oh, absolutely with, yeah. with that one. Uh, and it was nice drawing like I, I did actually reference Stan's work a lot him and, and yeah. Toriyama when I was working on this and it was nice drawing a story in that time period but also being able to mix it with our own weird fantasy elements that 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 we enjoy somebody actually after reading it they said you drew his sword wrong because he's a samurai and his sword has a straight blade samurai swords <laughs> are supposed to be curved blades and I said, no, it's a fantasy world, so I can do what I want. <laughs> and that's the whole idea is that, and I, I did kind of actually feel bad about misrepresenting the sword. But at the same time, this is not real life. We're not telling an historically accurate story. It's more of an homage to uh, the, the artists and the storytellers and their culture that we love and that you know, we wanted to kind of do our own twist on. I am very not knowledgeable enough to be like, the, the blade of the sword was incorrect. I was just like enraptured the whole time. I was just like, wow. Well, that's good. I'm glad. Uh, <laughs> you know, the story is not really about the curve of the blade, honestly. <laughs> not, not this one. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a little bit more, a little bit more going on <laughs> that, that we hope would, yeah. uh, would take you know, the front seat. <laughs> Well, and it's just the the way you guys structured it, you know, the, the way it begins, you know, with it, he's almost having like a funeral for his sword, saying a prayer to it kind of and like laying it to rest. Like I said, like, that's where you start. And and, he, and you so trick your audience because it's like, oh, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't need the sword anymore. He's happy. He's everything's fine. And then he goes home and is like, whoa, everything is not fine. <laughs> that was just so cool. Just that opening scene, connecting with him even then and knowing and getting an idea of like what the story is going to be. But then so soon having him like have to pick up that sword. And, it, and that's even heartbreaking. It's like, yes, he loses his son. And but like also like he was ending that part of his life and, and like going on the, the journey of old age and being a grandpa. And, and now he's, I can't do that now. And, and then you throw us into like this crazy epic story. So we, so we, we, we hit samurai grandpa. And then I, I was talking to, to Sean about how, like, of course I love his art, but I mentioned that he's like a really great letterer. Uh, and I talked about how he worked with you on a guardian and that, you know, he, he lettered that and um, and that he's also working with you on the uh, through the shadows of Titans now. Yeah, I, uh, I somehow rope Sean into every single project that I'm working on in one <laughs> way, shape or form, just just to make sure that he's, he, you know, he won't go too far away. And I, <laughs> I'm not complaining. I'm so down. Oh my God. Sean's lettering is 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 fantastic. And it's and it's awesome watching him 
uh, grow, honestly, since, since your, your first, you know, the early days of Terraquil to Samurai Grandpa and now to everything else. And we're learning all this new stuff in this, you know, new, new prose, uh, illustrated prose medium that we're working in. And it's just like, it's been really fun working with Sean and like, we're going through it, trying to figure it out together. Um, it's just been, it's been a blast. And yeah, he's, God bless his patience because I hit him with <laughs> way more edits than I should once his letters are quote unquote finished. You know what? That's part of the process. And I love it. Yeah. I love seeing how you take a look at everything that you've written and how you are working as your own editor to make things more concise and more clear. It's, I've learned a lot about editing my work by watching you edit your work, which is. <laughs> very helpful it's just it's just me being neurotic reading my scripts over and over and over and over again <laughs> so standard yes exactly do you uh do you read your stuff out loud like when you're editing it like i used to always when i would write for like the mfa when i wrote like short stories and and like some i dabbled in poetry for a little bit and but i, I really was into like short stories and read like 20 pages aloud to myself like in my room it made me a better writer but it definitely made me better at writing dialogue because you can real quick oh, yeah. figure out if your dialogue sucks when you say it out loud and you're like that's not how people sound <laughs> exactly yeah i do i do sometimes when um i i think i do a lot of my figuring out or rewrites just by writing different you know putting reshaping uh the sentence changing some words around using different words over and over again a lot of deleting a lot of cut you know cutting and pasting putting it somewhere else rewriting it from scratch but when i get really stuck i do i say something isn't right here and i just sit there and i read it to myself out loud like you said okay all right i think this is the spot where you know something needs to change here um so i don't do it too much but it definitely is it's kind of like my, my my hail mary when i when i just can't figure out what 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 the issue is with the passage so it, it's, it's definitely a helpful tool when i was doing my mfa i worked in a bar and i was a bouncer but so like i used to smoke cigarettes right so i would go i would go outside on my smoke breaks and uh, i used to like go read poetry at coffee shops and stuff and, and i would be like out by the dumpster smoking a cigarette some half drunk waitress or like a bunch of like drunk college kids would be like stumbling in or out and like so many people would catch me like reading out of my journal like by the dumpster <laughs> and people were like this guy's fucking crazy and i was like eh, just leave me alone. <laughs> i'm trying to figure out why this why this one this one line isn't working please yeah. for shadows of titans like you kind of touched on it it's it's part prose it's illustrated prose right it's not really we're we're kind right. of venturing right yeah that it's a uh, yeah, it's it's an illustrated novel is is what we're calling it, uh, and it certainly is more of a novel than than a comic. Uh, but it's you know it's not your traditional one. We have you've read the the prologue, I think you've got your you know illustrations inserted into the prose, and then you have some pages that are you know straight up traditional comics pages as well. But, but the majority of the book is going to be a lot of prose with Jade's amazing art accenting. Uh, you know, the more impactful or emotionally resonant uh, piece of the story. I like that. I, I, I wish more, more writers would do that. Cause I, I think um, it's just, uh, you know, it, Frank Miller was probably one of the first, when I was reading Sin City, like he had big chunks of <laughs> prose in Sin City, but even then it still wasn't like a whole page. Uh, Jeff Lemire yeah. and Scott Snyder did that after death book. Yeah. AD after death. That, that was one of the books that, that got me, 
thinking about this format. And nice. I was like, you know, similarly, I was like, why, why isn't there more of this? This is so cool. You know, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, and Sean and I started a, a different book that's in the same format. It's a young adult book uh, that's not finished. We're still working on it. Um, it's probably going to be three big books, but it's in the same format as well. Uh, this was the, that was the first time that we tried it. And then I started working with Dauntless in, on this story. And uh, Marcus over there really liked the idea of an illustrated prose story. And so we kind of, you know, through the shadow of Titans became, became that. And then that whole deal was just interesting to me. Well, first of all, Dauntless just kind of came out of nowhere. I don't, so Dauntless was the, before Dauntless and stuff, like I'm, I kind of grew a small Twitter audience. I would do like my one tweet reviews. Right. And this was like, mm -hmm. no one was sending me review copies. I would just kind of read, <laughs> I would read stuff on my own. And, and, and that was, it was actually harder sometimes to write a one tweet review and tag everyone in like one Twitter deal other than like now yeah. i can just i can write 500 600 however many words i want my buddy we were on a podcast together and, and he showed me um deadly living i actually reviewed like i wrote like a real review for that and i was like well, what do i do with this now i have this like <laughs> article that i wrote and that's that's when i launched blake's buzz and they so they were my first like comic that's review awesome. on the blog and then like yeah marcus was like Marcus started talking to me about stuff and then that's uh and known about you know you from um you guys from Samurai Grandpa and you know I was really excited when they did the pre-order deal for Dauntless and and I got mm -hmm. the I got uh Frankie's Starless Daydream and and I got the Deadly Living and then I you guys did like your own Kickstarter without Kickstarter yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that was that was what Marcus and Dauntless wanted to do. They wanted to do sort of a um a crowdfunding tool that was that was their own thing and it wasn't you know it wasn't attached or you know beholden to kickstarter sort of and so that was their green light project and the idea with that is that it's gonna it'll continue um with the with the updates like there's a discord channel um which will become a lot more active very soon i i was just telling sean i finished writing the novel um just a little while ago we're going through edits now and then we're going to be putting up tons of, you know, exclusive uh, art from Jade. Sean, Sean will show some, some of the lettering process, how he's formatting those pages to make them look as good as they are. I mean, all, all the texture, the font, uh, the way it's laid out, that's all Sean. So, I mean, this is like, it's really Sean and Jade making this book look as cool as, as it is. But yeah, so it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty cool. It's something totally different, you know, uh, that, they're, that they're trying over at Dauntless. And I thought that was really neat and exciting like i i want more from them like i they all seem like really good people you guys have been nothing but nice to me and you came on my show and they just seem to be like a really good group of people frankie's really awesome like we we talk every yeah. now and then uh marcus is super really nice people. yeah i can tell Definitely. you that like they care so much about comics and like that's the kind of people you want to work with if you're making comics is uh people who aren't just you know oh i want to make a comic because the network requires uh, proof of concept for a TV show I want to make. Mm. You know, it's nobody's making comics to get to somewhere else. They're making comics because they want to make comic books and graphic novels and tell story uh, stories with comics. And that's what I've noticed from even like everybody at Source Point Press as well as, as Dauntless. It's like everyone just loves comics and everyone just wants to make comics. And, you know, I think... 
for me personally, like those are the kinds of people I want to make comments with people like Easton, like Bob, like Dwayne. I mean, you've got a good group of people around you, I think, which I, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really, I know that like uh, social media gets a lot of flack for, and like I said before, a lot of it's well-deserved, but uh, (laughs) a lot of the comic circles that, you know, I've seen on Twitter, especially so, so awesome. Like there's, you know, some, bad apples as there always are yeah. but uh, yeah. yeah you know the, I, I, I mean in I, my I, personal experience it's been great i i agree i mean i was i was being a little sarcastic and <laughs> ragging on it before but i mean I, honestly i've made so many friends through it um in the comics and the writing and storytelling uh community and like honestly that's how i met sean so i met you blake it's how i met um marcus k on a guardian grim wilkins Jade, like, so, I mean, all these awesome people that I'm lucky enough to work with and collaborate with, you know, if, if it wasn't there, I, w- I would never have met them. And I'd just be writing in the corner of my office by myself. So, I mean, you got to take, you got to take, uh, you know, the good with the bad. And it's been, it's been, it has been more good. It just seems like sometimes there's a bit of bad too, but sometimes. you know, that's, that's how it is. Yeah. 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 You can't ever have too much of a good thing. Like eventually, exactly. you know, it needs to be a balance, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, something's you're going to step in something or, or slip and fall and, and scrape an elbow eventually. Right. Like it's, yeah, it's like the rules of life. I, it is, it is interesting because I've noticed this with some new, so I back a lot of kickstarts lately. It's like, it's like crack. I can't stop. And I had to like, I had to switch to a lot of stuff. I have to switch to digital. Cause I just can't afford to, you know, back mm-hmm. all these wonderful things. Cause I don't mind paying the Kickstarter tax. Like I'll pay extra for a hardcover and stuff like that, but it's just, I got to pick and choose like which ones I get the extra stuff for. There's, but, there's um, so many good ones, dude. It's crazy. And now it's, it's, I love it, but it's terrible. Like the new Kickstarter solidarity of like every campaign, like, refers like eight other campaigns and then yeah. and then you're like oh these all look cool and then you back a couple of them and then like you get these email updates every couple of days and they're like oh check out this campaign you're like stop telling me like i because you you get this like the 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 fear of missing out you know and it's just like well because mm-hmm. you, you don't know some sometimes this stuff does get picked up later or sometimes there will be extra copies of something you can buy later but not all the time so like there's there's a, always that chance of like if i don't back this i'm never gonna get it yeah but I've, I've noticed with some new writers where there's like there's some like solid talent out there sometimes the the art is like it, it leaves you wanting like a lot more in some of the mm-hmm. kickstarters and it's it's a bummer and i can appreciate storytelling even with you know subpar art but you know a lot of people will will that'll like turn them off they won't read a comic if they don't like the art but i've noticed that with some of these new writers that are putting out new books some people like get really lucky it's just like you fall into these circles with like really creative people and i feel like i feel like that's what's happening like with with you two the stuff that you're putting out it's ahead of a lot of what i'm reading it deserves a lot more recognition i think and and i you know, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, that when I put stuff out like this, like it'll put eyes on your guys's work. Cause more people need to see it. Like more people need to read Samurai Grandpa. I definitely would love to have more people read Bridge Builders Creed and just see what, what one person can do like by themselves. Like that alone is like just in, insanely impressive. And then like you guys are doing this, this new one with Dauntless and, and working on this new, I mean, it's not like a, a totally new format, but it's, we don't see a lot of that, like part prose, part comic, yeah, you know, that, yeah. that mixture. 
Um, and it's just like, I don't know, man, I, it's really cool how you guys are in this like kind of tight knit group of people now and, and including like source point and dauntless and all this stuff. And like, it gets me excited. Cause like, I, I'm hoping like, I feel like you guys are going to get to tell the stories. Like you really want to tell, like, I feel like you're, you guys are like on that like roller coaster hill, right? You're about to go like, you're about to like go down the hill and it's not going to stop. You're going to be rolling, you know? It is definitely like a roller coaster some days. It's, uh, it's, you know, uh, it's well, first of all, thank you. Like, I'm so glad that you enjoy the stuff that you've read and that you're uh, preaching it. It's never been easier to say, I want to put out a book and then put out a book today. Right now, it's never been easier to do that. Used to be, you would have to rely on a publisher to do something like that. And we still do today. And I, I love it. I love working with the publishers that I'm working with. But it's just never been easier to say, I have this idea. Uh, I, I can do it myself. I want to, and I'm going to, and then I'm going to crowdfund it and get out into the world. Uh, but that also means that there's a lot of projects out there now, and it's mm. easy to miss things out on things. Like it's, there's uh, like gone are the days of just the diamond catalog that you would flip through and order what you want. That's just become the internet now it's hard to, to, to keep track of all the amazing like new releases that are coming out from independent creators. It's wild. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's, there's so much stuff and it's cool. Cause as a consumer, you know, you're like, you know, you're, you're backing these indie creators and you, you feel as so uh, like I interviewed uh, Kevin Cuff and Bob France for their new Kickstarter. And they, I really liked what Kevin said. He, he said that the difference between a Kickstarter and like going to a comic book store is that, you turn purchasing comics into an experience that a fan has with the creator and the creators yeah. you're, you're dealing with your audience directly. You know, there's, there's no, there's no middleman. There's you're like, you're getting to see like exactly who's purchasing your stuff and, and you're having to like do updates on the Kickstarter and do your own advertising and like talk to people on social media and do the podcast circuits and all that. And so it really does turn like, all sides of the comic book process like into this experience that both you learn from it as a consumer and as a creative I i'm sure because i just feel like i feel like a kickstarter campaign would be like wildly stressful and like <laughs> yeah you uh you can say that again like i personally <laughs> i love the entire process i love everything that you just said like chatting with people direct contact with fans and readers and uh, no middleman, everything, but shipping can go to hell. Mm. <laughs> hate, hate shipping. That's that's the one part of the process where I'm just like, oh no, not again. I can't yeah. even imagine yeah. sending out multiple copies. <laughs> like I, I've sold a few like high dollar, uh, like some comics that were worth some money on eBay. First of all, every every one trip to the post office ended up being two or three trips. Because they would be like, well, that's not a real address. And I was like, well, it is because it's verified by PayPal. So it has to be. And so I would always end up having to make two trips to the post office instead of one. And just yeah. like the fear of like sending something out and just like, please, God, get there. Like just mm -hmm. <laughs> and doing yeah. that like 100, 150, 200 times, um, especially when like if you guys are sending out like original art and stuff like sean you posted something the other day dude like it was like like a tank ran over it or something yeah i had like actually a couple packages that you usps just 
I don't know what the hell happened, but they just they just mangled them, they annihilated them. That uh, sucks. And, yeah, that's that's why I guess they ask you to declare the worth for like insurance purposes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because yeah, yeah, I've heard I've heard nightmare stories of anyone ever trying to collect that insurance uh, claim of it just going on to infinity into you know into the into the ether somewhere up there with Zoom jail. Like it just, <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Yeah, I'm in uh, at the end yeah. of the first week of arguing with USPS about this. So, but you know what? I'm not stopping. I'm getting my money, and I'm <laughs> uh, I'm not taking. That's that's terrible. But I mean, like you said, you can't you can't replace that. That's a, that was a one of a kind page from. That's the from thing. The yeah, that that page just got crumpled to to all yeah. hell. And like that's it. That's one less page of that book now exists out there, which is. Yeah, just yeah, it sucks. But I mean, these are the things that you think about when you ship a 250 packages out after doing a Kickstarter. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, a couple times that like kept me up at night, just thinking about like, oh my god, how many more, you know, aren't going to yeah. make it, or like are just going to end up just crumpled and stuff. But this weird feeling of like relief and comfort when somebody posts uh, on social media with a picture that the book has oh, made it. And absolutely. my first is always right. I'm so glad it made it. <laughs> yeah. that. Because that's literally what I'm thinking. I'm like, yes. Fine. Okay, good. It yeah. Got that, it. That's, one that's story. not just being nice. That's, that's like, yeah. just being nice. Thank <laughs> Yeah. I felt like such a douche because I when I got Bridge Builders Creed, like it it wasn't sketched. And I was like, I DM'd Sean and I was like, I was like, hey, sorry, but you know, I was like, I was like, hey, this it wasn't sketched. And then but it actually turned into like, hey, you want to like do an interview? And it so it was like it kind of ended up being a good thing, but I just was like. I just really, I don't know. I really, I really like both of you guys. And I was like, just, just let it go. Like, just don't, no, no, just don't say I'm, anything. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry. It ended up, uh, hopefully the sketch in the new one makes, makes up for it. Okay. Yeah. No, it is so, it's so perfect. I opened this. This is how my morning started. Like this showed up <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, oh man, today's going to be awesome. And then the work day was really rough, but I, I also knew I was like, I knew I was going to interview you guys tonight. And so like, that was like, help me get through my Monday. Like I, I work <laughs> on a team and we all work from home, but one of our like people has had COVID and she's like a long hauler and it it's not going away. And all we do is know. talk on the phone all day, basically. And she can't yeah. do that. Like it won't her her lungs and stuff. Won't let her talk much. So she yeah, like helps uh, with emails, but she gets tired. And so it was just like, we've been short staffed and, and really busy and I had to work late tonight too. So I was like, I, I did like some prep for this, um, during lunch. And, and then I was like, it was like seven 25 and I'm like finishing the last emails. And I was like, I have got like shit to do tonight. Like where I was like, I can't, I was like, I got an interview. Um, but yeah, we ended up getting it done and then it was cool. And it was actually kind of nice. Cause I still get kind of nervous doing these interviews. Um, especially now that I do them solo. Um, cause I always like, I'm always scared. Like I'm pretty good at talking and I don't know how to shut up, but like, what if it <laughs> happens when I'm just sitting here and I'm like, I don't know, I don't have shit to say guys. I'm sorry. Like I have that like fear <laughs> in the back of my head, but like, luckily like the stressful day kind of like made me forget that I may fuck all this up. And so that helped. Too. <laughs> <laughs> no, we go through the same thing when we're making, yeah, yeah. you know, 
Absolutely. And this has been so much fun, honestly. And I've, I was looking forward to it, to it all day as well. It's, this is, uh, I love, I, I just love doing podcasts. And again, like it's, it's a great way to meet people and just chat with you. Jeez, especially after the last year of having not really gone anywhere. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just fun. It's just fun to connect with people who have the same love and passion. And I'm, I'm sure it, it's probably feels good too. when when people are just like, I love your books. <laughs> That is, that is nice. Yeah. It's, it's validating. <laughs> it makes me, it makes, it makes the, the early hours where, where I'm hunched over s- sipping on my, my cold coffee, writing away all worth it. <laughs> We've talked a little bit about a guardian. That was just nuts too. Like I still can't believe that. I didn't really get into Kickstarter still COVID actually like the quarantine COVID Kickstarter explosion. I mean, I feel like that. Yeah. It really got big. Well. It yeah. got crazy. Um, and it seems like a lot of people put stuff out because of COVID there, you know, like you couldn't do shops. You couldn't, you know, there was mm-hmm. definitely, there was definitely no cons or anything. And then like Kickstarter kind of turned into a way for people to put out books that didn't really have a home or, or had a home and lost it because of the craziness. It's been a, a cool, like eye opening deal to like get into Kickstarter, but yeah, I, I missed, I missed a guardian and, and I'm really glad like you guys shared that with me. Cause that was, that blew me away and i'm really excited i'm really excited for titans well, you, are, you are our first uh review of a guardian that oh, really, really? Made, meant a lot yeah yeah we really appreciate that wow i, I remember when, the second you posted it i i sent i sent the link over to Kay. i was like oh first review this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah because I, I remember i did that i i was like i found out how to like photoshop on my phone <laughs> and like i would i would do that during work and i made that like photoshop deal of that that like famous quote yeah yeah yeah, yeah. big guardian and you like really <laughs> sean he, i i fucked up the quote like i quoted <laughs> the book wrong and easton still like retweeted it he was like this is so cool and i was like I, it's the wrong quote like i messed it up <laughs> and Easton's like sharing it on social media and then, i um, just really appreciated what you made it looked so cool <laughs> Yeah, you tweet, you pick those panels, you put like like those effects on them. It looked really awesome. I got a little cocky after that, and I did that. I did a, a you know a Blake treatment on an AWA cover for uh, one of their books. I put out a review for <laughs> AWA. Like hits me up on social media, and they're like, "Hey, here's the file for the real cover." I don't. I guess you didn't have it, and I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." <laughs> I was like, I'll, "I'll change it right now." I'm so That's sorry. Cool. <laughs> oh my god I, I was glad you guys appreciated it um that was a, a i didn't know that uh samurai grandpa was a kickstarter initially oh yeah yeah that was um yeah i mean sean had you 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 had already done terraquil volume one on kickstarter at that point right sean yeah yeah and i think i think uh he saw a pretty good success with that um you know and we had samurai grandpa i think we had the first chapter done at that time and i think we pitched it around to a couple places um all two crickets and then we were like well screw it let's just make it ourselves we want to make this book we love it and uh and we did it and it it was uh it funded pretty well and we hit the the hardcover stretch goal and i'm a sucker i'm a huge sucker for hardcovers i don't know if you're even allowed to talk about this so like you know it, it came out as a kickstarter and then you know source point picked it up 
which I'm starting to see a lot more of like source point scout, uh, second site publishing is doing that. Like these, these Kickstarters will do well and someone will snag them. Are you guys like seeing any, any like, uh, mentions of that about like guardian or, or bridge builders creed? Like, are people like coming back, like, like crawling back? Like, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, well, not, not necessarily now. Sometimes, you know, the thing is, it's it's hard to come by page rates from publishers mm. in comics. It's just the reality of the world we work in. Um, Kickstarter is a good way to circumvent that. It allows you to get the book made on your own terms, um, show a proof of concept that you've done it, that it is good, that it is quality. Um, you know, and then if, if a publisher finds it and likes it and, you know, wants to put enough faith in it to reprint it or to build upon that, that story, you know, with further volumes or whatever, um, then it's great. You know, then, then there's going to, you're going to find a lot more room for, you know, a greater audience with, with their distribution. Obviously Kickstarter is great because you have their whole platform and everyone who goes there to find new things, but you know, it's, you don't have the, the people who go to diamond or comic shops and that's a whole other group of people who, who obviously you would want to read your, your stuff as well. So, I mean, if you can do a little bit of both, I feel like that's really the best of both worlds. Um, good. I, I will say there is good news on the horizon for a guardian, but it's too early to, I to say more, <laughs> but yeah, knock on wood things, things uh, are looking pretty good on that end. Nice. Cause I, I mean, I'm, I won't lie to you guys. Like I read a lot of new comics and I'm, I'm lucky enough to, you know, I'm like, I, I get review copies now. Bridge Builders Creed and, and a guardian are so insanely polished and they look like something that they, they, they look and feel like something that came from a, you know, a bigger publisher, not, not a Kickstarter campaign. I just can't, I, it, first of all, it, it kind of boggles my mind that these were like pitched and didn't get picked up. If Blake's buzz was a comic book publisher, like sign in blood, I want like, you know, I want first prints for this. Like we're going to, we're going to go big on it. It's so crazy that like these, re these really intense stories and, and really kind of magical storytelling that, that you have like between the covers of these books, like it boggles my mind that people were like, yeah, I'll pass on this one. It's like, really? <laughs> I've read some stuff, man. Like a big, like big two stuff and, and big name stuff. And like, even, even image and like aftershock, like aftershock doesn't put out many duds, but like image image has some new stuff. And it's just like, really? Like, and then there's like really unique, new, fresh, like heartfelt, charming storytelling that people just aren't noticing. And it's like, get like, notice this. Like, yeah, I really, really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry, Sean, go ahead. Yeah, no, it just, it, it, timing is everything. Like, mm. it's not, you know, everyone says that, but like, it's so true. You can have the best book in the world uh, and it's just not time for, you know, a publisher has the next two years of stuff booked and they're just like, look, we're not, you know, and that's totally cool. And that's the thing, like kind of what I was saying before is like, you, you don't need a publisher now. Like you yeah. Yeah. absolutely don't need one. You don't have to rely on one anymore. Not that you shouldn't uh, shoot shoot for the stars, you know. Like if there's a publisher putting out books that you love and you're pitching your book, then yeah, like of course send it their way. Uh, but if it, that doesn't happen, uh, to anybody watching who is kind of doing the same thing right now, like don't feel discouraged. There's nothing that says you can't put it out yourself on your terms here in 2021, 2022 into the future. Like it's 
yeah uh, that said like i do love working with this uh you know especially like source point press they're actually going to be republishing bridge builders creed as a source point press book Fuck yeah Ooh. man that's dope yeah <laughs> yeah source yeah. point is an amazing publisher to work with there yeah. every every single one there is so cool they're they're such great people to to work with yeah big time they are, are the punk rockers of of comic books as far as i'm concerned yeah they uh, seem like, like really good people yeah yeah, very they, good. they treat me like a fucking rock star. So they <laughs> they said you are that, a rock star. Blake. <laughs> they they um I, twice like I didn't even know they were like doing this. Uh, they they sent me like a box of comics and and new trades, like not just PDFs. Like mailed me like a box of like actual physical comics, and I like get comic swag now, and that's just like mind boggling to me and yeah so source point treats me like incredibly well and then that's how i was introduced to you guys and so many other like great stuff and so yeah like source point they'll always have like a little piece of my heart and i'll always have like an eye out for their new stuff because they just seem like awesome people yeah big time they're like i said they're the the uh, punk rockers of the comic book world like they're just like we're gonna do it our own way we're gonna you know the that we're going to do it ourselves and we're going to do it all ourselves. Like source point is not a big team. They don't have, you know, a hundred employees working for them. Yeah. There's uh, like six or seven people. Like yeah, it's, there's it's like, they're all s- on the website. Like there's like yeah. a very small family. Yeah, super, I mean, a lot of publishers are, but especially them, they're just like, they hustled. Uh, yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. I think they like even started out of a garage the, the way old punk bands did. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad they treat, you guys well because that's everybody i've talked to that's involved with source point has like nothing but good things to say to them and or say about them and and but yeah Yeah. it's 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 cool like even even like marvel and dc like well i mean dc especially like their dc's had like a lot of crazy stuff going on right now but with everything and including batman's like sexual (laughs) habits but but, you know it's but it's cool to like hear a, a publisher like really takes care of their people and and really puts out like top quality stuff too like they're smart they know what they're doing and that's that's super metal they started in a garage too that's- yeah <laughs> just like a couple of guys who are like we want to shake things up and do things our own way and you know they, they did and that's i love it i love it so much so i have a question when a book releases a when a book does a successful kickstarter and gets picked up after are you do are you like continuing to pitch that book like are you sending it out like even more and you're saying like here's the finished product people backed it or or do they approach you are they like hey this looks interesting we may have a home for it they probably won't approach you like that's (laughs) in my short time doing this it's very rare uh that you'll be approached by a publisher uh, unless you've put the years in and made a name for yourself and they're like, oh, we have, you know, a slot open uh, next year for an original graphic novel. Let's see what this person has for their schedule. Maybe we can get them to, mm-hmm. you, it takes a long time to get to that point. So in my uh, experience, it's been like you do a Kickstarter uh, or you get a proof of concept and you just send it. You send it everywhere that you can. I think Easton you would probably agree with that just yeah you, you don't it, stop it, if, if anything if anything having the book you know kick-started successfully and done 
it, it can only help you more than just sending, you know, a pitch package with, you know, your log line, your synopsis and like five or to 10 preview pages that shows, okay, this might be a cool concept, but is this a team that can finish the book? Can they stick to a deadline? You know, can they, especially if it's going to be a serial serialized story, you know, coming out month after month. I mean, most stories nowadays aren't ongoing, but you know, still a publisher needs to put out what they are telling people they're putting out. So if you have something done already, that's, you know, three to four issues or a full graphic novel and you bring it to a publisher, they're like, oh, okay, so this has been done. This is complete. I can see that this person has, you know, some chops and storytelling. It's going to make things a lot easier on their end and on your end to, for you to sell it to them and for them to pick it up. You know, so the landscape has shifted with Kickstarter now, like, like Sean was saying, you don't need a publisher. You know, it can almost be like this sort of like a symbiosis where you do, you do your thing first. If you want to get some extended shelf life on it and a publisher, you know, who that, who you like and respect wants to pick it up and continue to, to put it out there, you know, all, all the better. But yeah, I, I think Sean's right. I think it's pretty rare unless, unless you're someone, you know, who's been around for a long time and, you know, you have a really good track record that a publisher will come out of the woodwork and say, Hey, can I, can I pick this up from you? I know like I've, a lot of scout books came from Kickstarter and, and source points mm-hmm. Some source point stuff came from Kickstarter. And I never really knew like how that transition happened from like the self-publishing aspect to then like someone else grabbing it. So, but it's essentially, it's like, uh, like you're, you're, you query it out, right? Like if you have like a novel or a short story and you're sending it out to journals and stuff. Pitching and sending query letters to agents, it's all throw it in the same, same bag. <laughs> <laughs> the, the same stressful, like yeah. right, right, uh, two, two paragraphs to sell this thing you just spent years working on and um, yeah. <laughs> pour your heart and soul into, you know, to write God. And I hate writing log lines. It's like the worst. And they never do justice like any of them. It's just, it's just crazy. It's, it's wild how, how the publishing world works. <laughs> and I think Sean, Sean also said before, it's like right place at the right time. I mean, I can't tell you how many rejection letters I've gotten, you know, and still get, if you get any at all. And it's like, yeah. you gotta just do what you like. And that's what I love about Kickstarter too. Like you can, Sean and I will have an idea and we might shop it around for a little bit. No one pick it up and we'll just be like, ah, well, you know, screw it, put it on Kickstarter. And then sometimes the clouds part and the sun shines and then a publisher will pick it up. So it's like, you never really know what's going to happen. Yeah. Key thing is you just do it. Just do it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Get it done. We do it because yeah. we want to do it. Blake, we do have a, uh, another Kickstarter coming up very soon. Sean and I are putting together uh, a, a new story completely called uh, Lost Souls. And it's going to be a one shot or really it's going to be the first in a series, but it's going to be a story that follows characters. So the, the first one is about this deceased ex princess. She finds herself in the afterlife and has to figure out what happened, why she died, where did her soul go? Um, so it's a journey finding that. Uh, and then the second story is going to follow one of the supporting characters and he'll be the main character in that one. It's just going to keep joining and linking together these these characters through um, through the the world as as they go in, in in these subsequent issues. So we're gonna have that one probably going in late August or September. Hell yeah, yeah. man! That's we'll give you the exclusive. Uh... Nice. 
I got an <laughs> exclusive. A, I'm a real journalist now. <laughs> and I probably did a shitty job of uh, explaining what the story's about. But <laughs> I thought I thought it was great. <laughs> I mean, it sounded cool to me like i was yeah. already like checking my bank account like where are we gonna start? <laughs> sometimes i think about what i just said i'm like i just rambled nonsense didn't i <laughs> and i feel like that's that's most of the stuff i say <laughs> i feel like that yeah I've, so i've done four of these solo and every time i get done i'm like man you were not cool I talked to steve urena the other day and he was like do you ever do radio and i was like no i was like who the fuck would listen to me like <laughs> I told that to uh, Kevin Cuff and Bob France too. I was like, I was like, guys, this was so cool. And I was like, I don't care if anyone listens to this or not, but like, I'm happy. And I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. No, that is cool. <laughs> Thanks for spending two hours just talking to me. No one's going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. And like, again, you know, like I love doing shows like this. It's just so much fun talking to someone who's, who's enthusiastic about it. And like, you know, you said something before you were like, yeah, you know, there's everyone goes at comics will break your heart, kid, blah, blah, blah. But you were saying that to you, they build you up. And I think that's the way it should be, you know, and it can be so like, honestly, lonely is sitting at your desk, just, just writing, working on a story for so long, no one's reading it. But then when, when you talk to someone who's just like as a love and a passion for it, you know, to me, that's, you know, that's like reinvigorating and I love it. So I, I really enjoy shows, shows like this and coming on it. Yeah, no, I, and thank you both. Like, I'm so glad this worked out, like uh, getting both of you together. Like, I, I wish you had more stuff for me to read. Like, I'm, I'm like, because I just have consumed like everything I've found from you guys, except Mother, which which Easton sent. And I'm excited to check that out. Actually, did you read, did you read The Runner? That's the, uh, the novel I wrote. It's published by SourcePoint as well. no. Apparently your podcast host didn't do enough research either because I, <laughs> I missed that one. Like a straight novel? SourcePoint published a novel? Yeah. Yeah, they oh, have cool. they have a prose line. Yeah, which I which I really I really wow. like about them um as well. And that was one of the things that was my second book with them, Mother is the third. And and yeah, I mean I have uh, I have a couple more that I'm hoping that they're gonna put out. Yeah, so Mother's just a straight up novel and it takes place in the same world as Mother. So they're sort of companion pieces. Cool. And when I, I pitched the idea to them to do a comic in that world and a novel, sell them together like that, that's when cons were in full swing. And then it was like eh, COVID. COVID taught me that like retail therapy is 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 real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm addicted to like omnibuses. Like I have a stack of omnibuses where I'm like, I guess I'm buying these for my retirement because I don't know when I'm going to have time to read. Even I, I joked, I was like, man, I need a vacation. And then I was like, well, that's just a week. Like, you, what are you going to read in a week? Like, I read 12, right, yeah. 12 novels, three omnibuses and 85 <laughs> comics this week. Like, no, <laughs> <laughs> like I got to sleep sometimes. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, dude, if I didn't have yeah. to sleep or work, like Blake's yeah. buzz would be a fucking hit right now. <laughs> <laughs> Like, how's this one guy reviewing all the comics like it'd be awesome but no I, pesky, pesky sleep and work getting in the way of everything right? it ruins everything sorry again about the uh snafu before but uh oh no it's cool. like I, the, the magical editing powers of blake morgan will make it seem like it never happened <laughs> that, that won't take you any time either to do probably right yeah. i do i do an x-men podcast every now and then and like 
you know, the other guy edits edits it. I just wake up early Sunday morning with my coffee and and talk about the Hellfire Gala. And I'm like, okay, bye. (laughs) And and now I'm like, oh shit, there's a lot of. I was like, I should send him a card. He does a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. it's it's fun. And and like I, I I'm hoping to. Like I said, I just hope people read these books I'm passionate about, man. Your your enthusiasm for it and telling everyone it means so much to us. Like like it really does. And that's how. They're going to be like, whoa, why is, why is Blake constantly talking about this book? You know, I guess I'm going to have to go check it out now. And that's just how it, how it goes. Word of mouth is so, so important. You know, Twitter is, is great for social media, but it only goes so far. You know, when yeah. you get people talking about it in comic shops or at cons or bookstores, wherever the book is being sold, like that really takes, takes it a lot. Yeah, I, I dig yeah. it. I'm, ha- I'm happy. Even, even though, like I told Sean, he, he had me crying this morning. When I, <laughs> sorry the, <laughs> sorry about that oh no man it was so beautiful though that uh what is it it's just chapter six or like with the when you when the wife story like oh man mm-hmm. and the bridge like she's yeah. like she's like flirting with him so hard and he's just like i'm building this bridge <laughs> like but i want to catch fireflies over there and then yeah. like yeah. then the flashback ends and you see their name carved into the, like oh dude i lost i lost my <laughs> shit this morning like tears falling into my coffee cup i was like what is happening <laughs> well, mission accomplished i guess That's, yeah uh... no it was it was so good um <laughs> Anyways, I, I could I, I'm bad about shutting up, guys. I, I could keep you on here all night, but I, like I said, I know it's late. Uh I really appreciate this and I know it's getting late and I know other people have lives. I don't, but I'm sure you guys do. But I I so appreciate this. This was awesome. Like I said, I, I'm a huge fan. So just like getting to hear you guys talk storytelling and and listen to me like gush over your writing. Like, thank you so much. Um like both of you have so much to be proud of. Like I said, I've read a lot of comics and you guys stand out and you have really special products. I will be at the mountaintop screaming for people to read your stuff. Like you've got a fan in me. Really means a lot and, and really do appreciate that. I know you put a ton of time, you know, you and the other comics journalists um, put of your, you know, your own unpaid time into reading and reviewing these and putting out because you love it. And honestly, that really to me, I, I notice it. I appreciate that. And uh, I know it's a lot of work too. Um, so I just really just want to say that I appreciate that. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm happy, happy to do it. I'm, I, I want more people to read good stories. That's, that's what it's about, man. I want, I want good comics in the hands of good people is what is what the end of the day matters at, at Blake's buzz um, guys to wrap things up. Like uh, uh, Sean, where, where can we find you on, on the internets? Like where, where can people follow you at? Twitter is probably the best place. It's just at Sean Daly. Uh, if anyone has questions about the process or artwork, about making comics or whatever, you can hit me up there. I'll get back to you. Uh, but if you just want to see straight art, uh, I'm on Instagram at Sean underscore Daly. And Easton, where, where can we find uh, you at? I'm on Twitter as well, uh, just at Easton Diverna. There is probably where I do um, a lot of comics or storytelling related posts. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at EPD85, and that's going to be more pictures of my backyard and garden. So <laughs> if people enjoy enjoy that stuff, you know, happy to chat about about what's growing uh, as well. Yeah. 
he's got a mighty green thumb ladies and gentlemen like his garden <laughs> is very impressive and as a, as a guy who likes food like i i appreciate it everybody thank you for listening thanks for tuning in to blake's buzz again you can find me at uh, blake's buzz on twitter at blake's buzz or you can go to blakesbuzz.com you can check out the youtube channel at blake's buzz uh keep an eye on source point press keep an eye on dauntless stories keep an eye on these two fabulous creatives because trust me they are putting out some really really great touching comics that aren't like anything else on the stands right now uh again thank you both for coming on the show like i so appreciate you this was awesome and i wish you the best of luck in your creative endeavors like you you both deserve all of it man like keep keep pumping out the goods because we're here for it <laughs>